Good evening. Thank you for listening to Be Happy, Healthy and Wealthy podcast with Dr. Irene Chang. Thank you, everybody, for listening and subscribing to this podcast. Your support is very much appreciated. And continue to send me questions if you want. And I've got another question here about post-COVID syndrome. So this is what we call the long hauler or long COVID. And I just want to highlight this again. Can be a bit medical on this talk, but again, I'll be giving you some tips and mechanism how we can treat post-COVID-19 syndrome. So some people are saying, oh, what can we do? I'm tired all the time. I want treatment. So I just want to highlight that uh, indeed we do have a lot of people who had uh, covid infection and now left with lots of post-COVID-19 syndrome. So what's the cause of this post-COVID-19 syndrome, which in my other episodes, I mentioned a bit about it. So some of the mechanism are long-term tissue damage, like in the cardiology side, you get chest pain, palpitation, tachycardia, which is heart rate going fast, autostatic means the blood pressure dropping, pulmonary means lung site, which means uh, breathless and cough. Then the central nervous system or neurology, you've got uh, cognitive impairment or memory issues, headache, depression, anxiety, insomnia, or, or not able to sleep, smell and taste, alteration and fatigue. And the other one is unresolved inflammation, which could be due to viral persistence, lymphopenia, which is white cells being low, gut dysbiosis and autoimmunity. And under the chronic inflammation, you've got symptoms like myalgia, fatigue and joint pain, and under gut dysbiosis or gut issues or permeability, you've got neurological NGI symptoms. So some of the signs and symptoms of post-COVID syndrome, including fatigue, cough, wheezing, runny nose, coughing, sputum or phlegm, uh, shortness of breath, persistence, uh, scarring in the lungs, brain fog, difficulty in paying attention, poor attention span, cognitive impairment, delirium or confusion or encephalopathy, sleep disturbance, depression, anxiety, headache, hair loss, rash, myalgia, which is joint pain, muscle pain, anosmia, which is a smell, problem with smell or can't smell, they can't taste things properly. Dysbiosis would be like bowel issues like bloating, cramps, farting, diarrhea, and some of the other issues which we know is heart disease, swelling of the heart, muscle issues, clots in the in different parts of the arteries or venuses, electrical activities like palpitation, arrhythmias, and muscle damage of the heart, including chest pain. One of the other one is POTS, which is postural autostatic tachycardia syndrome, including positional autostatic tachycardia or hypotension, including vasovagal syncope. So quite medical statements there, but it's uh, I'm going to be focusing a lot more on some of the mechanism. I think a lot of the functional medicine doctors will be quite interested to know some of the mechanism and some of the nurses have been asking about it. Now, 
During the pandemic, lots of people have post-COVID syndrome. The duration seems to be uh, the uh, division of uh, um, diagnosis, where what, what I meant is um, we call it in different names, like, for example, infection-related symptoms, which is up to four to five weeks, acute post-COVID syndrome, which is from uh, week five to week 12, and long post-COVID syndromes, would be from week 12 to week 24, and persistent post-COVID symptoms would be lasting more than 24 weeks. So as you know, a lot of these people actually have got more than one symptoms. So I just want to focus on what I'm going to be talking very quickly, uh, of course, in the treatment plan especially for medical doctors who will be treating this, is that we can order gut health tests and treat it accordingly depending on the lab testing. We can order adrenal salivary testing and we can test the DHEA at cortisol levels. Again, we need to treat that according to the lab results. We can order thyroid uh, studies, the ferritin level, the melatonin treatment, vitamin D, uh, we can use a low-dose naltroxone, aldinasal spray. We can treat the mitochondrial dysfunction, treatment with zinc, B-complex twice a day, quercetin and glutathione. So I'll be quickly focusing on one, one by one some of this information so that you can understand. So what we're focusing on treatment is like, for example, daytime sleepiness, fatigue, depression, headaches, increases stress hormone, and lead to fat storage, uh, intense dreaming or nightmares, including suppression of serotonin level. And this, of course, increase the carbohydrates craving. So let's focus on melatonin, which is a very amazing hormone. It aids the immune system. It acts as an antioxidant. It blocks estrogen from binding to receptor sites. It decreases cortisol levels and helps balance the stress hormone. It prevents cancer, it improves moods, improves quality of sleep. It stimulates the parathyroid gland and stimulates production of growth hormone. It's heart protective because it's of its vasodilatation action. It protects against reflux. It affects the release of sex hormones. It lowers the blood pressure. It free the radical scavengers it decreases inflammation, like lowers the C CRP and interleukin-6. It helps to treat memory loss and prevent it and aids in stroke prevention and treatment. So it's got a combination of anti-inflammatory and antioxidative properties uh, in melatonin. And it's, of course, very helpful in treating SARS-CoV-2. And uh, it helps in, uh, has this good effect in reducing cell entry, viral replication, and reduce the signaling cascade that cause inflammation. So how it does is anti-inflammatory activities through the mechanism of by, de by decreasing NF-kappa B signaling, it decreased the nitrous oxide system, decreased the COX system, decreased the TLR4 activation, decreases the NLPR3 activation, it decreases your TNF-alpha, decreases your interleukin-1b, interleukin-1-6, and decreases interleukin-8, decreases interleukin-18. So lots of activity there. It also increases your SIRT1 activity, which decreases the macrophages activities, which is important. So it's got um, 
vasodilatation, increased antioxidant effect, and increased anti-inflammatory and antifibrotic, which is anti-scarring. So as you know, in SARS-CoV-2, it caused severe lung pathology through uh, inducing pyroptosis, which is a highly inflammatory form of programmed cell death. And what it does is that in melatonin, it does help is regulating the immune response to the virus and reducing uh, the, um, the, the um, triggering of the inflammasome, which cause the, a lot of the um, immune storm or cytokine storm. So symptoms of cytokine storm would be cough, fever, headache, chills, lethargy, nausea, muscle aching, confusion, brain fog, vomiting, rapid breathing, rash, fits, shortness of breath, swelling of the extremities and tremor. So the extreme hyperinflammatory states during COVID cytokine storms Melatonin shown to obviously exert this anti-inflammatory effect and reduces the pro-inflammatory cytokines and reducing the cascading. And uh, also uh, it helps to downregulate the cytokine production. So hence it's very important to try that. And as you know, melatonin definitely helps in improving the prognosis as well. Um, so one of the other thing is CD149 is a glycoprotein that is responsible for the cytokine storm in the lungs through the mediation of viral invasion. And so we've seen that melatonin has been shown in previous studies to reduce cardiac damage in viral infections by blocking the CD147 activities. So as you know, in the, all along, we know melatonin helps with sleep and people who sleep uh, four hours a night has reduced natural killer cells activity by 72%, and this increased their risk of developing viral infection and cancer. So signs of symptoms of melatonin deficiency, including insomnia, fatigue, anxiety, early morning awakening, interrupted sleep, stress, increased risk of developing cancer, seasonal affective disorder, immunological disorder, heart disease, and compromised immune system. Now, etiology or the causes of low melatonin, including eating too many high glycemic index carbohydrates, excessive intake of alcohol, caffeine abuse, tobacco, which is your cigarette smoking, electromagnetic field, aging processes, vitamin B12 deficiency, aspirin, indomethacin, uh, ibuprofen, acetaminophen, medication, a long list of them, which of course it's uh, not going to cover here. Melatonin is, to, is used to prevent and treat things like hypertension, coronary heart disease, it has been shown in studies, yeah? Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease, stroke, close head injury, sleep disorder, mild cognitive impairment, insulin dysregulation and obesity, neurodegenerative disorder, pre-op anxiety, COVID-19, cancer, immune regulation, and GI diseases. So the doses used during COVID time in US is a lot different compared to in UK. In UK, we don't really use it. So some of the mentioned doses are like five milligrams twice a day by oral capsule for seven days. And there are some IV treatment there that they have used in research setting.
So too much melatonin is also not good. It can cause one of the biggest is decreased serotonin production, which is your feel-good hormone. So you need to obviously evaluate the level of melatonin and decide whether they need what sort of dosage. So too much melatonin causes daytime sleepiness, fatigue, depression, headache, increase in cortisol levels, intense dreaming, nightmares, suppression of serotonin, dizzy spells transiently, low blood pressure and abdominal pain. Vitamin D, our next subject, as you know, it's the king. It's actually a pro-hormones, which I've mentioned many times. It's actually not a vitamin. So it sends a lot of signals and it helps to uh, modulate the immune system. It's a huge um, modulator in the innate or adaptive immune system. It regulates your uh, renin, angiotensin, aldosterone system in the kidneys and lungs. It protects the body from uh, endothelial dysfunction and clots. So hence, it's so important uh, to have really good level of vitamin D. And there's so many studies to show that um, people who've got very good vitamin D actually have got better outcome in COVID and people with poor vitamin D level at admission to intensive care unit has have had worse outcome or comorbidities or mortalities. So like what I say, it's uh, immunomodulator, which is very, very important because it works on the catalytic catalysidin LL37 uh, protein or peptides. And it uh, helps in uh, regulating and decreasing the uh, production of pro-inflammatory cytokines like your interleukin-6, interleukin-8, interleukin-12, TNF-alpha, uh, and interleukin-17. So as you know, it helps in not just COVID-19, but it helps in advanced age, cancer, immune uh, immune compromised state, CKD, which is chronic kidney disease, chronic lung diseases, and heart metabolic disorders. So hence, checking the levels is very important. I always make sure that I do that. So let me explain how vitamin D work. So they've been said that vitamin D may increase the antiviral activities of bronchial cells due to the upregulating lung production of defensins, such as the cati lysidin, which is the production which is driven by calcitriol, which can be synthesized in the lung cells that expresses 25-hydroxycholecalciferol. Uh, so as you know, catalysidin is not just bactericidal or kills bacteria, but also it disrupts the, the shell of the viruses or the, uh, the uh, envelope of the viruses in uh, SARS-CoV-2 or influenza. The next one is low-dose naltroxone, which is anti-inflammatory effects. It's been shown to help in hyperinflammatory states like due to uh, COVID-19. It, it's very protective. And uh, let's talk about some of the causes of inflammation, which is diet problem infection, surgery, physical acts, agents, injury, vaccination, chemicals, royal uh, oral estrogen replacement, stress, smoking, AGEs, which is the inflammatory processes, free radical production, obesity, and allergies. So as you know, the generation free radicals 
uh, or we call it oxygen-free radicals. It's uh, involved um, in the development of systemic inflammatory response, and hence it uh, can create and call for all these mediators generated by the inflammatory cells, which then progress to further inflammation in the distance organs. And all this uh, is through the activation of nuclear factors such as the NF-kappa-B and or AP1. Then it induces the more production of cytokines, which is the messengers. Hence, when you've got low-dose naltroxone, it can be used in many examples like immune modulators in autoimmune diseases, anti-inflammatory in many diseases processes, chronic pain control, weight loss, and reduction of cytokine storm. Side effects would be insomnia, vivid dreams, fatigue, loss of appetite, nausea, hair thinning, mood swings, and mild disorientation. There's potential long-term problem, especially if they've got liver and kidney toxicity. There could be possible tolerance to the beneficial rebound effects. And obviously, sometimes we don't really know some of the complication. The dose uh, are mentioned in different protocols, um, but it's a lot of people don't really use in UK. Only certain group of functional medicine doctors uh, low-dose naltroxone is being used widely in U.S. And there are a few protocols about it, which I'm not going to mention here. So a small amount of inflammation helps, but too much inflammation causes diseases. Next is iodine nasal spray, which obviously has been shown that is very effective in reducing the viral load, especially it's being used in the nasopharyngeal povidone iodine solution in those areas. And it has helped to reduce the viral loads of COVID-19. So it's been shown to be effective in reducing and help de to decontaminate. So what we've seen is that um, it can minimize the risk of spread on top of using the PPE. It helps to destroy the uh, COVID-19 viruses. So next part we want to focus is mitochondrial dysfunction which I've mentioned many times in a few other episodes. As you know, mitochondria are the energy production or producers in the body, and mitochondrial diseases uh, may be due to long-term genetic disorders and where the mitochondria is not producing enough energy in the body optimally, and it leads, can lead to a lot of autoimmune diseases or infection. Okay, It can affect children, adults, and uh, if it's affecting uh, three or more organs, then you think about mitochondrial diseases. So as you know, as part of uh, the important part of the first immune response, the activation of the neutrophils of white cells results in the production of the radical oxygen system. And when uh, it's being released in excessive amount, it then stimulates too much uh, neutrophil activities and which in turn can cause physiological damage to cellular mitochondrial uh, issues and poisoning. It causes oxidative phosphorylation, uncoupling, and lipid peroxidation. So hence, this causes damage. 
And the four major components of mitochondrial dysfunction is that you reduce the ATP production, which is the energy molecule that we need to do all the activities in our body. It increases free radical production, leading to oxidative damage. It increases free radical production and signaling issues cause error in glucose uh, usage or metabolism, nociceptive processes, which, which means uh, you know, pain processing, neuroinflammation, like you know, inflammation in the brain, and obviously it can affect the antiviral defense system. It can also alter the metabolite utilization, and it can lead to oncogenesis, which is the... Uh, the causation of uh, cancer or tumor growth. So there's many reasons how this can be happening, which I'm going to not go into it in deep details, which I've mentioned about mitochondrial dysfunction before. Now, what are the symptoms of mitochondrial illnesses, which is including abnormal growth pattern, movement disorders, muscle weakness and pain, decreased muscle tone, inability to tolerate exercises, vision problem, decreased hearing, learning disabilities, developmental delays, mental retardation, heart disease, liver disease, renal disease, gastrointestinal disorders, insulin resistance, diabetes, autism, increased risk of infection, fits, stroke, hypothyroidism, which is underactive thyroid, respiratory problems, lactic acidosis, and cognitive decline leading to dementia. So how do we improve the mitochondrial health? One, magnesium glycinate or threonate, 400 to 600 milligrams, coenzyme Q10, 300 to 400 milligrams, alpha lipoic acid, 300 to 400 milligrams, D-ribose, 5 grams three times a day, NADH, which is 10 milligrams twice a day, alcarnitine, which is 2,000 milligrams if the TMAO level is normal. Obviously, these are doses for people who's got normal kidneys and liver functioned. Magnesium is such a big thing. And it's um, when you when, when a person has magnesium deficiency, it can cause a drop on the T cells, which is the uh, soldier in the body, increase the plasma concentration of inflammatory cytokines and endothelial dysfunction, which is the blood vessels being um, not controlled. It can dilate or constrict uh, irregularly. So people who are on magnesium, sometimes we've seen during studies has improved the outcome. So how does it work? So, so the magnesium supplementation reduces inflammation, oxidative stress, and bronchial smooth muscle relaxation. So which means it can affect the NF2 antioxidant response elements. We call it ARE. It can affect the voltage-dependent calcium channels. It helps the or influence the smooth muscles contraction or the air smooth muscle contraction. It affects the interleukin-1 pathway, NF-kappa-B pathway, the calcium channel pathway, which is anti-inflammatory. So when we give magnesium, there are studies that gives magnesium, vitamin D and B12 during um, the infection state. We have seen that it has helped to improve the outcome and reduce the oxygen requirement and intensive care support. So it has helped in critically ill patients as well when they're given IV magnesium. So magnesium obviously has 
been shown to improve outcome. Coenzyme Q10, again, it helps in improving the mitochondrial energy production. It helps to uh, improve the, the mitochondrial uh, replication and metabolism and also the recycling. So hence, it helps. So it helps in, most important thing, decreasing oxidative stress. So alpha lipoic acid can be used in higher, bigger dose as well, but again, have to be careful. It helps in reducing cytokine storm. And the bigger doses uh, have been shown to improve mortality, but again, we have to be really careful because it can affect the conversion of T3 to T4, especially doses above uh, 600 milligrams, okay? So you can't use it long-term. So you just best to use the normal dose. So next one, D-ribose, which is um, a monosaccharides that's found in the cells and it's very important in the mitochondrial energy production system. So when we supplement the D-ribose, it helps with the cellular processes and improve mitochondrial dysfunction. NADH, another coenzyme that is important, L-carnitine, which I mentioned earlier on. But again, to be careful, uh, best to check the uh, TMAO level, which is the trimethylamine N-oxide level, which is uh, pro-atherosclerotic metabolites. So just want to make sure that uh, patients are safe. So zinc supplements are crucial, which I've mentioned earlier on, which will help. It helps with immune system and it's anti-inflammatory and improve the body's processes in fighting infection. B vitamins like your B1 timing helps in uh, eliminating the viruses and also improving the antibody responses. B2 helps, uh, we call it riboflavin, helps in decreasing the, um, the level of SARS. B3 niacin helps with NAD, and it's, as you know, it's uh, immune, immune modulator uh, and helps to reduce all the cytokines, especially interleukin-6. B5, petotenic acid helps um, in the immune system, which we already know. B6, pyridoxine also helps in reducing the cytokine storm. B9 folic acid, which is very important in DNA methylation and also in its effects uh, from the, the methylation processes and hence will help with the DNA production the, and, and, and also the epigenetics. And the B12 also acts as a modulator for the gut microbiota. And the low level of B12 caused the elevation of methylmalonic acids and homocysteine. Homocysteine, which then can increase uh, the uh, inflammation and cause more reactive oxygen species. Excuse me. So B12 is important, hence it can be given either oral supplements or injections. But again, if people can take orally, it's probably e easier. Quercetin, which is the anti-inflammatory we always talk about, 
okay, a flavonoid which is abundant in fruits and vegetables, is really studied well and it helps in working on the inflammasome. It suppresses the NRRP3 inflammasomes uh, by affecting the regulators system. And it's very important in, in the uh, post-COVID syndrome um, as a long mechanism, how it works, which I'm not going to go into now. So, um, so it's something that we need to focus on, quercetin, then glutathione, another important biggies that which I've mentioned before is a tripeptide composed of three amino acids, cysteine, glutamic, and glycine. Is very, very important and the strongest antioxidant uh, produced by the body is very important to um, stop all these free radicals uh, effects, cell, cell damage and in the cytokine storms. Food sources of glutathione, including your apples, asparagus, avocado, bananas, broccoli, cantaloupe, carrots, cauliflower, cucumbers, garlic, grapefruit, green or red, bell peppers, lemons, mangoes, melons, onions, okra, oranges, papaya, peaches, potatoes, spinach, squash, strawberry, tomatoes, walnut, watermelon, and shuchini. So as you know, uh, it's glutamine is well known to help to reduce uh, the effect uh, or damage caused by SARS-CoV-2 and all the oxidative damage on the lungs and different parts of the body. Hence, is very, very important. What, what, what caused the uh, glutathione deficiency? So the common one is it's less in male, cigarette smoking, chronic diseases, uh, low glutathione intake, like in fruits and vegetables, aging process, anybody older than 65, acetylminophen abuse, cadmium, lead, arsenic, mercury, iron, copper, cobalt, toxicity, alcohol abuse, food that contain nitrates and nitrites, chronic diseases like type 2 diabetes, obesity, cardiovascular disease, respiratory diseases, cancer, liver diseases, and of course, COVID-19. So hence, glutathione is very important. And next one is probiotics or GI health. So if you've got poor GI health, it can cause lots of dysbiosis and then cause lots of damage and lead to lots of inflammation, hence worsen the effects on the way our body responds to inflammation and cytokine storms. So there's also what we call the gut-lung axis, which is due to the effects of microbiota uh, on the antiviral immune responses. Okay, so in summary, it's important that we look at some of these important tests these go back to the basics and the foundation and of course some of these supplements if you keep on taking it and making sure you look after your body sleep well so a lot of patients with post-covid syndrome hopefully they could get better thank you very much for listening and i hope that i've answered your question if you have any more f a further question obviously listen and subscribe to my podcast and you can email me to info at dririnching.co.uk Thank you for listening.